You're listening to Boggy Talk, Faith Conversations in the Mud, a resource of Church on Bayshore. Boggy Talk is recorded on Boggy Bayou in Niceville, Florida, and is hosted by Justin Wyatt and James Ross, pastors at Church on Bayshore. We typically want every matter of faith and life to have crystal clear answers, but it isn't always that easy. This podcast digs in to help Christians think with a kingdom mentality about topics that sometimes get muddy and bog us down. So let's dive in. Hey, and welcome to Boggy Talk. We are thankful you are joining us today. We are kicking off a new series as we are talking about what it means to live sent. And we're talking about roadblocks, obstacles, and objections to living sent. And to kick us off today, we are joined by two experts in our topic. <laughs> and by experts, I just mean they they try and they trust Jesus and his grace is sufficient. We've got Mark and Robin Nelson joining us today, uh, who are members of our Church on Bayshore family. So you guys can say hey to everyone. Hi. Hello. They're so excited. <laughs> and as always, joined by James Ross, who's the lead pastor here at Church on Bayshore. Hey, everybody. Yeah. So, hey, Mark and Robin. Hello. Hey, James. Hey, Justin. Yeah, so Mark and Robin uh, are here because they, as a couple, really, I, I believe, uh, show what it means to live sent uh, as as a couple uh, on, in marriage. And that's what we're talking about today is uh, is marriage and how God uses marriage uh for his mission and his intent to uh, bring a man and woman together to live on mission and how really that's really counter narrative to what our culture views of marriage and how we just exist to make each other happy and serve each other and make each other, you know, just fulfill each other's needs. So as we talk today, they're going to be sharing about how God's been working uh, in their family, in their marriage over, uh, over time. Some things they've learned, maybe things that they, if they had a redo, they'd do again. So <laughs> we're going to start. Why don't you guys just tell us a little bit, uh, a little bit of background. How'd you okay. guys meet and fall in love? You, you do that. Well, we've known each other since we were children, went to church together. And uh, I think my first memory of Mark was probably in Sunbeams. And if you're born in the 50s, you sunbeams. might know what Sunbeams. I just picture kids wearing like sunflower hats. <laughs> no, it's like. I just thought you made bread like your parents no. made you go to church and do slave labor. I think it's like mission friends. Oh, okay. but we used Jesus to call it. me for a sunbeam. Yes, sun, that, song. that song. I know that song. Yeah. I grew up old school Baptist. <laughs> so we've known each other for our whole lives. And. Um, we started dating in high school, and we've been married. April will be 47 years. Woo! Yeah. So, um, long time. <laughs> so, we were we came from a really strong, we both came from strong Christian families. We were always in church. We were fortunate in the early 70s when we started dating. There was like a revival among young people, the Jesus movement. And so, we had a very dynamic, large um youth group that we grew up in and we so there was never any question about um when we got married that we would be together on this that we completely um were committed to jesus and his mission to help people understand kind of where we're going over the next i think seven to eight weeks and why we thought it was important to start here you know we're talking about these different objections and barriers that come about as we try to live sent and we just really felt like Probably the biggest challenge really to living scent is marriage. Yeah. 
Uh, it can be the greatest opportunity, um, but also if it's not, if you're not on the same page, if you don't view mirrors the way God intends it, mm-hmm. uh, then uh, it can be a challenge to really live in your life that way. And a lot of people I meet who like, yeah, I want to do that. And they don't have this. They don't mm-hmm. deal with this. Um, really struggle. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as God gave you that same vision, how have you seen and marriage as an opportunity for the gospel? Kind of what's your what's your view on your marriage? Uh, well, to just to explain a little bit about what we've done since um, since we were married. Uh, first of all, we were in the same youth group, as Robin said. And then, uh, you know, we were married very young, but we we're at always been a part of the church. Well, we our first um, work in the church was we uh, led a fifth grade training union class, which was um, really exciting for the fifth graders because they had teenagers basically <laughs> <laughs> teaching them. So and you guys were dating. No, we were married. No, we were married. married. Oh, married. sorry. I thought you said you were no. teenagers. No, well, we, were. Were. we were. Yeah, 14 we, and 13. Oh, wow. We were 18 and 19. Okay, well, yeah, you know. So we were in college. That's right. We were married as teenagers, so we're both. I was thinking like 13, 14. I was like, I knew you grew up in Parkville. Alabama. It was legal, right? Yeah, it was legal. As long as your daddy said it's okay. Well, back then... At 18, she could get married without her parents' consent, oh, but I okay. had to have my parents' consent to marry at 19. Oh, okay. Wow. wow. How about That's that? So, yeah. But um, then, you know, over the years, we, we have taught uh, Sunday school classes for young marrieds. We did that at uh, a couple of churches uh, before this one. And, uh, you know, we came here back in 86, back to Niceville, and joined this church, and we taught youth for 24 years. Wow. You know, and primarily the 10th grade. So our heart was, you know, with the youth. So we you know, developed a lot of good, you know, relationships there, a lot of fellowships and parties as you do as, as youth. So that was a, a really good run um, to do that. And, and so, you know, we're retired, and so now we— um, you know, we're involved in, in leading disaster relief unit here at this church because we have time, you know, and we see a need. That's been an awesome ministry. And we're also a part of a young married life group as the old mentor couple, which has kind of uh, been uh, extremely rewarding. But uh, I would like to make a disclaimer that we are not, um, for those of, of you that don't know us, we're not claiming to be the perfect couple by any means. Um in fact, when we, we help out other couples, particularly younger couples, we tell them we have a lot of good examples of how not to do things <laughs> <laughs> that will help you. Um, but we're, you know, we're two sinners saved by grace. And, um, you know, and so uh, the key uh, as far as, you know, what's helped us, you know, do mission together is, you know, we, we've both have sought to put God first and our relationship with God comes first before our relationship with each other. Uh, thank goodness we were taught that early on so that, you know, we could survive those early tough years in, in, in marriage. And some middle tough years too. And so, <laughs> like, don't forget those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so, you know, it's yesterday. That, but no, it's, it's <laughs> that commitment that, has kept us together. It's our commitment to Christ and our commitment to each other, even during very difficult situations and mm. difficult times. Yeah. So, sure. you know, we've been fortunate to, uh, 
work together and and we just kind of always felt like if there was a chance to work together you know we should um because we have different spiritual gifts mine is teaching hers is mercy we have different personalities she's a lot more in tune with what other people are thinking and their feelings and and read people better than i do so that helped a lot particularly with youth and in and in mission in, in general so um you know, we've um, we know that we have to sometimes criticize each other, critique each other, and help each other along. And that's probably the most difficult part. You know, is being able to accept criticism, kind of sanctify each other uh, without it becoming a, a problem. Um, but as far as challenges and difficulties, you know, what do you what do you see as some of those? Um, well, I, you know, you've mentioned how our, mar- how our mar- marriage has helped us in ministry because mm-hmm. we've been able to do that together. Um, I, I think maybe the challenge would be the time factor. You know, just when you're busy raising kids, sometimes you don't have the time to put into uh, the mission God's called you to. I think there were some years when when we didn't, um, when we didn't do what we should, what really, what God had called us to do, we kind of became um, just we did our job at church and maybe not living with a kingdom mentality, like with our neighbors or when some relationships that we sh- that we're really trying to do that now, mm. now that we're not working because we were so busy. And mm. I think that, yeah. and maybe that's not marriage, maybe that's just life, but. Um, I think that maybe was. I know I had a tendency to compartmentalize work and family, you know, in church, and we were kind of brought up to to just lead people to church instead of lead people to Christ. Get them to church. Mm-hmm. We'll take them from there. Preacher will take care of them. And, and, uh, not, mm-hmm. just and then you general. got a preacher like me. You're like, now nah, we got to do it ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> And so it was kind of like you have your church life, you have your work life, you know, and then you have your family. And, and so that, that was a challenge. And, um, and to be honest, what made it challenging was we didn't, we thought we understood the gospel. The gospel is what gets people saved, but living the gospel, mm. boy, that we didn't strive to really understand that. We thought we were doing that sort of thing, doing things for God, but living the gospel has been something that we've really had to work on. Um, and so but, you know, when you're not living the gospel, it's all very challenging and it's difficult you know, to, to do the Great Commission to make disciples. So, um, you know, we've, since I, we've retired even, we've kind of focused our whole study on understanding the gospel and, uh, you know, we've heard all life, well, it's really simple. Well, it's simple, but it's not. It requires a lot of study to truly understand it as far as how you live it, uh, which I kind of, you know, that's what living sent in our way of thinking uh, really means. Mm-hmm. You know, you said something a bit ago, just how you'd have different gifts and different abilities. And that made me think of the first time I met you guys was actually we had just moved to Niceville and went with you guys to Panama City for disaster relief. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't met you guys. And when I came back, Christy was like, well, who was leading it? She didn't know people yet. And so I was like, well, it was Mark and Robin. And and she was like, well, what are they like? And I was like, I, you know, they're just a really good team. 
And I, I'm, that stuck out to me, my first impression of Thank you guys, you, because you cool. were, because I could see, you know, Mark, you were, you were leading, you were taking Jim Robin. I was like, she was just taking care of everybody. And I think that is, that's a great picture of, of why God mm-hmm. brings us together. And I, I found in my own marriage and in counseling and talking to other people that what is our strengths in our partner are often the things that can also drive us crazy mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, and I think a lot yeah. of people make the mistake. We make the mistake of trying to change the things we don't like about our spouse rather than helping them walk in their strengths. So I would mm-hmm. ask you guys, you are very different. Mm-hmm. How have you learned over time and how do you encourage each other to walk in your abilities and strengths rather than trying to change each other? Well, I will answer this first. I think that I used to try to change Mark because he was so, his attention to detail was so incredible and his staying on task. And I was just kind of like free spirited and I would get, you know, frustrated because he would want me to be, I think he was trying to change me to be more like him and I was trying to change him to be more like me. And we, I don't know how many years it took that we just quit doing that and we you know like I will he'll like analyze something like finances for instance retirement finances and he has a spreadsheet and everything and I'm like thank you for doing that thank you because he'll explain it to me you know and this is where we are and what we can do and what we can't do and all that and so I think I appreciate those differences more than I did maybe the first 20 years we were married because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah. it's going on 50 so it's about time I- <laughs> <laughs> it's about time you just said thanks yeah, just- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well I think one of the things that's helped is um, us both making each other aware of ministry opportunities um, like I said we, we tended to focus too much on well ministry opportunities come from the church you know church has a plan the church has a project well, what about your next door neighbor? You know, they don't necessarily fit into a church plan or a church project, but they need Christ. And there's ministry opportunities. And so we, we, we just prayed that God would make us aware of where you want us to work and then didn't, didn't help us, you know, out of the motivation of the gospel and pursue that. Mm-hmm. And so it opened up, you know, uh, are, are working together a lot more when it, it was it was thinking more about the kingdom and less about just doing church and praying together about opportunities you know that we would both be aware of um, he calls it situational awareness and that's been a blessing that we've been able and we we have more time now that we're retired and we do spend more time together in uh, study and prayer and um, that's been a huge blessing. Well, with, with that, let's go back because you guys were talking about how there was a season in your life when, you know, you weren't as open to the things around you. Mm-hmm. And part of that is not living the gospel. But part of that is also, you know, when a lot of people who are listening to this and watching this and us included are in that season of life where you have children, you know, between the age of birth to, mm-hmm. you know, high school. And, and it's just, you know, you, you don't relax when you come home. All that right. stuff is chaotic. Um, and I was just talking to a guy the other day in our church who was saying, you know, I want to do more for God and, and but my kids, you know, and he wasn't trying to say he doesn't mm-hmm. like his kids. And I was like, <laughs> well, that is the mission. You know, I mean, yes, you should be showing them. But ultimately, like that is the primary mission God's given you. Kind of what would be your encouragement, advice to families who who do feel like I want to be used for God, but 
it's really hard in the season of life that I'm in. Well, I, I think, you know, and we tell this to, to young couples who have kids, don't feel bad that you're not doing a lot of stuff that maybe we're doing. You, you've got your kids and you need to put your, your focus in on them. And we used to make time, you know, to just sit down and have Bible studies and and just, you know, talk about God. And, you know, some of it you might say, well, I wasn't very deep. No, it wasn't deep, but it was just time together talking about God. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that, we look back on that and said, boy, we should have done more of that. Mm-hmm. That was really valuable because look how much time we spend on how you performed in, you know, the sporting event. And, you, you know, you really need to develop this skill better or you need to be tougher and you need to be aggressive. And, and then you leave it at that and you don't talk about the real truth, the thing mm-hmm. that matters. So we, we had to be, I think, you need to be intentional about you know, talking to your kids about what's really important in life. And um, I feel like, um, and I tell this, I've told this to a lot of young families, if I knew then how fast it was going to go by mm-hmm. and really how much time, I mean, you know, we've been married 47 years and there's only been like um, 25 that we had children in the mm, home. Mm. So it does go by so fast. Wow. And so that is your primary goal, and is just, to raise your children to know mm, Jesus. Just to give and, a backup, I don't think we mentioned, we have three kids. Um, they're all grown, married, with kids, So and they live in the local area. Uh, they're all believers, um, 13 uh, grandkids. So there's 21 of us, you know, total. <laughs> Um, so and, the odds are you're going to run into one of them. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, you know, two are adopted, one foster. Um, so we have a, a big ministry with, with our kids and our, our grandkids as well. But we're also free, uh, particularly, you know, at, during the day while they're at school and stuff, to do different kinds of ministries. And helping younger couples is, is what we feel like where we can best you know, uh, help is is providing some sort of ears, you know, and provide some advice that they seem to be more receptive to listening to an older couple than they are maybe their peers. And so mm-hmm. we've found that to be um, pretty rewarding, pretty effective. We weren't sure at the beginning if they would accept us, but they seem to like that older couple. <laughs> I and, think it's a great thing because I especially in our area, there's so many people here who don't have family around. And Mm -hmm. and even if they do, it's just sometimes it's easier to talk to someone else. You know, and I think maybe couples in your situation and stage of life think, well, how am I going to relate to someone? Like these are my, these are people, my kids are younger Mm -hmm. than my kids even who are grown. And I think people younger are not necessarily needing or wanting a a new best friend as much as they need wisdom. We need wisdom. We need wisdom uh, from people who've lived it. I can certainly tell. And like he said before, we can tell them what mistakes we made, you know. And one thing that I always think about is the eternal values compared to the temporary, the temporal, Mm -hmm. and that, you know, this world is not my home. Um, And I'm really a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And so it helps you. And I don't know if a young person can understand those two values I mentioned that things go by. Your life is like a mist. It goes by really fast and put more emphasis on the eternal. Mm-hmm. And I didn't always do that, you know, as a young mom. And 
um, a mom with teenagers, but that is two things that I try to instill in the people I have the chance to, to mentor. So understanding that, you know, our, our children are our primary, you know, mission field, if you Mm -hmm. want to use that language. Um, Also kind of maybe the other side of that is, and, and certainly in our community, we see this where there are families who their children and the activities of their children become everything Mm -hmm. and their life really isn't connected to biblical community like it should be. And certainly isn't lived for the mission of God and investing in lives of non-believers. And, and that's, it's a tension. I mean, even for me, people think probably like as the pastors, like it's so easy for us, but it, it's a tension for us kind of based on your experience and what you've seen. And that's the other thing you, you bring to the table that we don't bring is you've seen, you won't like call people's names out, but you've seen people say, Hey, this is how we're going to live our life. And, and you've seen how it's worked in other people's lives. Mm-hmm. Kind of what would you say to the family who, or f- are wrestling with, okay, we want to care for our kids, but we also know we're supposed to be on mission. Like, how do we do that? <laughs> oh, one of the best things, ways to do that is to, is to live it as a husband and wife, as mom and dad. Um, they're watching you. You can say a lot of stuff and it won't mean anything if you're not treating each other like you're supposed to. You're not living it because... You know, we've heard from our grown kids that, you know, they saw how we dealt with conflict. They saw how we loved each other, how we worked things out. And we weren't teaching them, but they were watching us. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the most important things you can do is is love your, your husband or your wife. Um, but as far as like families that um, maybe put other things in priority over living sin. Um, You know, I think you can, because our kids were involved in a lot of stuff, Mm -hmm. and that's a mission field in itself. Mm -hmm. That's right. It really is. As long as you've got your perspective and Mm -hmm. as long as you understand that um, there's more to Mm -hmm. that. But Mm -hmm. I think meeting other parents, like on a parents of the sports sporting teams and things like that. Like I know y'all, y'all's kids are involved in that. I mean that, and to be my verse, when I think about evangelism is, um, I think it's first Peter three fifteen. always be ready to answer uh, about the hope that's within you mm-hmm. and, but do it with gentleness and respect. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of just been the key verse that I've always leaned on when mm-hmm. it comes and just, as you go. Mm-hmm. And like he said, there was probably some time because of the way we were raised that we thought it was all about getting them to church, but it's really not. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's more and than and that. I would say uh, one another recommendation is make your home a place of worship. Mm-hmm. Intentionally make invite um, your kids, friends over. Um, do something, you know, that helps them know we are... You know, we're followers of Christ. Mm-hmm. There's a there's an op, there's a lot of opportunities to do ministry using your home, and, in, and just make it a place of worship. Um, invite you know families over. Invite you know um, particularly couples that may be struggling over. Uh, invite their kids too. I mean, just make your home a place of of worship, um, and then you're teaching your kids. That's that's what they're home over and over be. again mm-hmm. it, in the gospel, especially in Acts. It talks about hospitality mm-hmm. and how important that is. And 
really yeah, is. just read about, you know, Paul and Lydia and Lydia saying, hey, I, I want you guys to meet at my home. And Paul's like, mm, well, not. and she said, no, I want that to happen. And he, he fortunately, she won the argument, you know, and, but he realized what's wrong with this. This mm -hmm. is a good thing. And so now she started a church. And so, um, you know, I think maybe, you know, that's a great way for us to do living sin is to use your home, you know, to do that. Mm. So if you were to, you know, as you guys have met young couples, you're meeting, you're mentoring. If you were to say, if we could do these things over, this is what we do differently. Yeah. What would you say to live sin, to live specific of living sin in the, in the, in the realm of I know mission. for me that, uh, I would spend less time doing unnecessary work and I can look back and say, I didn't really need to spend, spend that much time on that proposal or doing this project and spending more time with your family. Um, it's easy, particularly if you're caught up in career, to you know want to be the best and want to excel to the point where you sacrifice that time and that time is yeah. so valuable that you know prioritizing your time i would i would definitely do that and then again not learn how to be on mission all the time while you're doing everything else if, if you are working a lot be on mission during that working time which is not easy in this day and time because you're not supposed to talk about god all the time but you can you know but maybe one-on-one -on -one, but um so that would be, you know, time management um, and not just your Christian life, not just be the time at which you're doing church stuff. Mm -hmm. And I would I would second that. I would just say that's exactly how I feel that I would realize. And I mentioned it before that your life is a mist and it's gone so fast and your kids grow up so fast. And there's many, many things I would do different. Uh, that's another parenting that's right, podcast, yeah. <laughs> but we won't get into that. But, you know, we did make mistakes. And I, I know that, and I mentioned this before, but really getting into understanding the gospel, because that is your, that's your whole. That's your power that's source. That's your power source. That's what, that's your motivation. If you're, if you're doing something other than because of just appreciating what God has given you, it's worthless. I mean, you're you don't do stuff to earn God's you know uh, reward for you. He just wants you to appreciate that gift that He gave you. And when you really get into the gospel, you understand the magnitude of that gift. And so you just can't wait to to serve Him. And I guess having a deeper understanding of that sooner mm -hmm. was what I needed, mm -hmm. rather than. The gospel is just something you really hit in the spring and in the fall during revival, and you got people saved, and, and then, you know, that's all Long it was. Light, yeah. yeah. <laughs> move on. <laughs> yeah. So um, for some of our couples that are watching this or people that are watching this that are in your stage of life, mm -hmm. often, this isn't necessarily said, but I know this is felt. To live the way you're living. So you've said, hey, we're going to serve through disaster relief and give up a lot of time and I'm assuming money to do that. Number two is you've said, hey, we're going to join this young adult small group and really pour into them. So that means 
people are afraid to do that because, A, they have retirement plans and dreams and seashells they want to collect and all that stuff. I, I want to do that, too. And then number two <laughs> is they have their friends and they think if I did yeah. what you did, I would lose my friends. So maybe talk about kind of why you've chosen these two things and then. Is that true? Like, do you not get to go on a cruise? Do That's you not, not get to have friends to. your age anymore? Not anymore. <laughs> well, because of COVID. Yeah, yeah. But. Um, one shot down. Next I, again, one next one. It, I, it's no, no uh, size fits all. You know, ask God to show you where he would like for you to work. I guarantee you he will put something in front of you. Mm. You don't have to read a book or... Ask James or Justin. <laughs> they'll they'll put you to work. <laughs> we got plenty, <laughs> but plenty of work to do. But what you want to do is what God wants you to do, well, and, and, and what, God will tell you and what, what to do. He prepared for you mm -hmm. the good works in Ephesians. Right. He prepared those things for you before you were born, mm -hmm. and for you not to walk in those, mm -hmm. it's tragic, really. Yeah. And so we're partners, mm -hmm. you know, with God, and we. You know, and I and like he said, one size doesn't fit all. Mm. There's many people, many many retired people we know that are doing you know exactly what God's called them to mm. do. It's different from what we're doing, but mm -hmm. um, but I would challenge anyone to do what he said and ask, mm. where do you want me? Because and he's I, got it all prepared for us. We just have to walk into and it. And I will say that one of the things we like about this church is we know how people. Or let, allowing God to work through them that you don't hear about. Mm -hmm. A lot of behind the scenes. This, there's a, there, that's what we love about this church is there are some strong, strong Christians, and they're not looking to get credit. They're not looking to be in the limelight, but they're keeping this church afloat mm -hmm. and through their prayers, through their commitment. Um, and there's a there's a backbone in this church, mm -hmm. and. Uh, you know, it'd be nice if we could see it as clearly, but the, you know the ones that are you know working that way, a lot of times you don't ever know about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's it's outside the church, it's inside the church, it's all over. And, and um, you know that may that's why we continue to want to be a part of this church. Mm -hmm. So you do get to collect seashells though every of once course. in a while. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and you yeah. still have friends your age. Of course. <laughs> we do. Would you say that's just fear that Satan maybe puts in people's maybe, minds? Yeah, to... I don't know that, I mean, anybody ever really feels that way. But if they do, sure, that's just not, that's not true. Hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, we just, people like what's familiar. Yeah. You know, not even just necessarily comfortable, what's familiar. Mm -hmm. And because, you know, as you get older, you've got people and you're like, you know, it's, it gets harder and harder the older you get, I think, to start over with new people. Because, you know, you've, we've mm -hmm. lived life, and now at this stage of life, I'm like, when I get to know new people, it's like, well, I've got a lot of life that I've lived that is like, that's not going to be shared experience anymore. And I right. think that's where a lot of people, it's like, well, I just don't have the energy for it. But I'm like, we got all of eternity <laughs> to spend with these people. Let's, let's live on mission. Well, and too. I figure we've got, I mean, we're 65 and 66. I think we've probably got maybe 10 good years to really be active and, you know, maybe longer. Who knows if God blesses us and yep. we just want to use it the way God wants us to. Mm, that's awesome. Yeah. It doesn't mean you can't have fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is fun to do that. Yeah. But it doesn't mean you can't, you know. Probably, yeah. Working together has been fulfilling yeah. for sure. Mm -hmm. Doing things together. 
Well, ministry. I, I just want to say that you guys are uh, some of my favorite people. Well, and um, just there's no perfect example, like you mm-hmm. said, Mark. But, uh, you know, we need to find people who we say, look at how they're living their life and then see the principles in their lives and then apply them to your own life. And I just think your willingness to say, hey, Lord, these years we want to continue to use our, our health as long as we got it. And, you know, what you've blessed us with to serve others. And, and I, what I love is disaster relief. And Mark, you're the you're the business guy, right? But you always say our purpose is to share the gospel. And I love mm-hmm. that because you can even get distracted by a good work like Florida Baptist right. disaster relief. So I love that. And, mm-hmm. and I'm just so thankful as a pastor for how you've been willing to, to join one of our young adult small groups and pour into those young couples. Just thank you. Oh, we, we love the young couples here. Um, they're awesome. Well, and Tyler and Amy just really welcomed us into their group, and that you know that made it easy mm-hmm. because yeah. they were so so mm-hmm. wonderful to work with. Mm-hmm. Well, next week we're going to interview your kids. Mary, they're going to back you up and refuse. <laughs> we'll, we'll, every... we'll leave Blake off of it though, so it'll be a little a little better. <laughs> now, that's how we spend our holidays. They tell us about all the things we did wrong. <laughs> Over and over. Over and over. <laughs> I can't do that now, so I've got even more to look like you said this the other day. I'm like, I know, don't don't always do what I say, just when I'm doing it right. <laughs> but we do really want to thank you guys for sharing and and uh, and really just as it's really an overflow of how you live your lives. And we're thankful that for God's faithfulness uh, in the past and what He's doing in you guys now and what He's gonna do in uh, the years to come. And uh, just thank you so much for sharing welcome, and, uh, and w- a picture of what it means to live since on mission. And so if you have any questions uh, regarding what we shared, feel free to send us a message. You can just send that to Justin at church on Bayshore.org. If you're not connected in any kind of community and you're a part of this church, we want you to be. Uh, if you need someone like this in your life, we want to connect you. So you just let us know if you're not a part of this church and you don't have that where you are, are part of a church, you need to seek that out. Uh, it is It's vital to how we live our lives. We need people around us to spur us on. We need people ahead of us in the race to give us wisdom. It's by God's design. It's part of the design of the church. So uh, thanks for joining us. Next week, we continue in this series and we're talking about the Bible and how do we know we can trust the Bible? Certainly that's a question that comes up, an objection that people have as we start to have conversations about faith. Uh, Why do we trust the Bible as authority and how do we even know that we can trust the Bible as authority? So we hope you will join us for that. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Boggy Talk. We are so glad you joined in the conversation. Go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss a beat.